What's in your shed? What's in your shed? Pictures and treasures and the books that we read. What's in your shed? What's in your shed? Hello, my name is Warren and tonight I'm joined by Matt. Hi. Tonight I'll be going back to the original format for these podcasts with one big difference. I'll be talking about another one of my treasured objects and the big difference, Matt will be accompanying me on the journey. I've always enjoyed your company, Matt, and I'm so happy you said you would come along and be in the shed with me while I reminisce and talk about the objects that mean so much to me. It's an honour to be invited back. <laughs> I'm absolutely delighted that you, you're you going to spend more time with me and we can get to hang out. Yeah. And we've got crisps. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I really struggled to say that. Crisps. We've got some Max Strong Walkers, jalapeno cheese, extra hot. We've got some beers and we've got some great lighting in the shed. Very atmospheric. We've got, we've got a Himalayan salt lamp. Yeah. We've got loads of those. Have you? Yeah. They're always on offer at, at Lidl over the road from oh, where God. I work. Oh, they sell them in Lidl? Mm, every now and then, yeah, for about nine pounds. Wow. Okay, well, I'm, I might look out for another one. I know Joe Rogan's podcast, he's got a massive one on his uh, desk. Right. I've noticed he's got lots of trinkets, lots of objects around on his desk. If you watch his podcasts on YouTube, right. you get to listen and see it you'll see he's got loads of little objects around and I suppose he, he feels comfort in those things that yeah. are surrounding him. But yeah, Matt's with me. I couldn't be happier. I understand the need to be able to see, touch, hear and smell the things that define who we are. My memory relies heavily on a jump start and the objects which surround me do just that. Mm. So that the objects I talk about keep me on track. They they allow me to remember what happened at certain times in yeah, my life. Yeah. If you're looking for a Haynes Guide type of thing, and a Haynes Guide is a classic book that you would buy yeah, for, for a, a car, yeah. So you've got a lovely Yeah, I've got the 240, yeah, and I've got the, the Haynes manual to go with it as and well. It, and it's full of lovely diagrams, yeah. lots of detail, yeah. and everything you need to know about that item or that Volvo 240, yeah. beautiful car. And there's a place for that, obviously. The standard technical details about all these items that I talk about are out there. You can watch a wonderful program on Netflix it's been on for a while. It's called The Toys That Made Us. Oh, yeah, yeah. They cover the topic I'm going to talk about tonight. They don't cover the same angle that I cover. So if you do want those technical things, it's there. And if, if you're not bothered and you want a bit of everything, hang in there. Enjoy the ride. This is going to be fun. Before we uncover the stories behind the object I've brought in, I'll take a squiz into the mailbag. I opened my email account, it's shedchat at gmail.com, and I found this message in here. I'm looking on my phone now for it. It's from Kim Akers. I got so excited. In bold of the, the first part, my, my email 
device or account highlights the first sentence in bold. It says, hi, Warren, thank you for visiting. And when I saw booking agent, I was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> what is this? And I was like, who, booking agent, what? And I realized I looked up the management for Tom York because I was oh, keen yes, to have yeah. a chat with him. So I went online and I typed in management for Tom York and up comes this booking agent website and I realized that they're the gatekeepers for the information you need. Yeah. It's bookingagentinfo.com. You have to pay a subscription right. to get beyond their gates to get a phone number for the agent or an address. What? So you need to pay someone to get the, the agent's phone number? Yeah. Oh. They, but when I was a kid, I had this friend called Debbie Kramer who had family in England. She would come over to England to, I think it was London actually, and she would buy the Smash Hits magazine. Yeah. In the Smash Hits magazine, they had all the addresses, fan club addresses for <laughs> all the pop stars, all the rock stars. I remember writing to Axl Rose. <laughs> I didn't get a reply. That's a shame. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure it used to be easier, but there's, yeah. they always find a way to make money. Anyway, Kim writes this. I'm Kim, the chief happiness officer. <laughs> At bookingagentinfo.com. I'm like, the chief happiness officer? What kind of job is that? <laughs> Thank you for creating a free account on bookingagentinfo.com. A free account allows you to post and reply to questions in our Q&A, mm. but doesn't give you access to celebrity contacts. In case you had a question on what exactly bookingagentinfo.com is, our website provides you with the contact info for the official agents, managers and publicists of thousands of celebrities. Our website is used by business event planners. <laughs> and I was like, great. I know that's why I only developed mm. the free account because I know you have to yeah. pay extra to get a subscription. And that, That's just a cut and paste reply as well, isn't it? Yeah, totally. They, they put my name in and I thought it was nice and personal. <laughs> I, I just find it bizarre that you, you have to pay. And sorry, Kim, I know it's your job and I know you probably like it, but chief happiness officer. How does that fit in? I know, yeah. That's a, that's a quite an inflated uh, yeah. sense of sense of their job. It's almost like protection money when when people come into a new business that's opened up on the <laughs> yeah. street and goes like, "You got to pay me money to <laughs> to make sure your shop is yeah. safe." Weird, weird. I think Twitter's the way to do it these days, isn't it? To just to tweet at Tom York and. Uh, He's, he'll almost certainly read it whether um, you get a reply or not I don't yeah. know but or do you think they have an agent who reads it maybe that's more likely I suppose perhaps Radiohead would have uh, would have someone looking after that sort of thing and Tom York yeah. probably would as well I'm hoping to bump into him because Salvador said to me he shops at Waitrose in, uh. in on Botley Road we'll see I mean if it's meant to be it's meant to be but actually I I prefer talking to people I can relate to in my yeah. world but I'm quite curious of yeah. people who are have that celebrity status I would just like to find out more about them but yeah thanks Kim um, that was the message in the mailbag I got something else in the mail Matt and I think mm -hmm. you might like this it's a 
no one sent it to me. I sent it to myself by oh, buying oh. it on, on <laughs> oh, eBay. Okay. <laughs> but it's addressed to me, and it's a small padded envelope. Yeah, it looks intriguing. Second class stamp, very light. Feel that. Yeah, what's in there? Just a little. It's yeah. got to be some kind of tiny little figure or something. And it's from a place called Skelton in Cleveland, Saltburn by the Sea, North Yorkshire. Wow. Here we go, I'm opening this on. I know what it is. <laughs> I haven't seen one of these in ages. So that's kind of peering over <laughs> to, to look. It's it's in a little Ziploc bag and I'm handing it across to him. It's a little smoking monkey. Ah. Did you ever did you ever know about these, Matt? No, I don't think so. It's a tiny monkey about an inch high. This one's blue. The ones I knew were black, plastic. Yeah. He's sitting cross-legged and he's got a little hole where his mouth is and his hand is near his mouth and and I'll pop they've provided two little cigarettes. <laughs> and I'll put it in his mouth. Yeah. If you put him on the table, Matt, I'll get the lighter and he will puff away. <gasps> oh, it disappeared inside him. Look. Oh, that's okay. I didn't realize that would happen there. I can buy more of these. Okay, and now I will light his little cigarette. And it's supposed. I remember these when I. There you go. I remember these when I was a kid, and he'll he'll just puff on his his cigarette. I think they're meant to be like. Oh, there you go. Look at that puff. Oh yeah. Can you see? Wait. There. Did you Ooh, see that? I did. How is that happening? Oh, there. <laughs> and it's puffing these like. It's. Smoke rings. Smoke rings, eh? And it's how a, is that happening? It's a smoking, it's a smoking monkey. I said that I've twice. I've never, never <laughs> seen one before. Haven't you? No. I'm going to take a photo because the second cigarette has fallen inside his mouth, and I won't be able to get that. Look at him. Wow. Matt's getting his camera out too. Can you catch the moment when he blows that there? That's so funny. I've never seen anything like it. That's so clever. What do you know what the cigarette's made of? I don't know. It must be like a saltpeter kind of fuse inside there or something. But it was such a weird thought. Sometimes I'll be cycling somewhere and I'll suddenly have have a memory where I think about a toy that I had when I was younger and I had one of these smoky monkeys and I thought, hang on, <laughs> I've just, I just remembered that. and. Then I went on eBay and found them, and apparently these ones came in Christmas crackers. Right. Yeah. Someone in North Yorkshire is selling them. There you go. So that's in the Never mail bag. Anything like it. That's amazing. <laughs> A smoking monkey. How about that? <laughs> I was joined by Georgia and she came and spoke about her grandfather's bass guitar. It's a Hona bass guitar. We ended up having a wonderful evening where Georgia sat with the bass guitar on her lap for most of the yeah. evening where you're sitting right now Matt on the sofa and she every now and then she'd pluck a, a chord and I could see her hand holding that guitar. And yeah. Generally, I could feel the love for that instrument. 
we ended up jamming into the early hours of the morning. Nice. I, after the episode recording, I ran inside and got my guitar. <laughs> we sat here for hours, passing. It ended up my guitar because her her grandfather's one, which is hers now, is yeah. a jazz bass. Right. She enjoyed playing my bass guitar more because she's that's what she's used to. Right. We ended up passing it between us, and she's a great bass player, and I'm still learning. So she inspired me a bit, yeah. and we had a wonderful evening. That episode will be coming out. Hey, how does that work? I haven't released it yet. That will be out a week before this one. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't think of it. <laughs> My story. This is where I will be talking about an item... Not necessarily from my childhood. This one's actually from when I was in my 20s. I think I was 20. Yeah, not, not quite 21 yet. And what it is, is the Star Wars action figure series that was produced by Kenner. Now, Kenner's the toy manufacturer. Yeah. And they produced this these particular ones that I've got. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all in their packs. Yeah. They haven't been opened. They're in the blister pack with the cardboard backing. And these ones were made by Kenner, I think it was 1996. This was after the whole Star Wars thing had subsided a bit in the in the mm. 80s early 80s i think return of the jedi was released in 1984 there were a few toys made after that and then there was a lull yeah and in 1996 kenner produced a new range of these toys and they were done I think because they did digital remastering of their trilogy. I was just going to ask because they re-released them, didn't they? They went back into the cinemas, I think. Is yeah, that right? and that's when George Lucas put in some extra explosions and some extra creatures. Yeah, I was going to... When you said this is what you were going to talk about, I, I the first thing I thought of was that uh, Han Solo and Greedo in the cantina. Oh, because yeah. Because that was a big... That was a big deal, wasn't it? Because he messed around with that scene. He totally did. And I think when Obi-Wan and Luke are arriving on the land speeder, coming through the, the streets towards where they were going to go, before they were stopped by the stormtroopers to ask them where they were going, and Obi-Wan used his Jedi mind tricks yeah. to say, let us through. can't remember the exact lines on their approach yeah. there was all sorts of like weird creatures yeah. jumping around yeah I remember I remember those these aren't the droids you're looking for that's, like looking a, that's yeah. a famous line yeah I wasn't that impressed by the digital remastering I don't think there was much need but I'm sure people will have yeah. their own views yeah. on it I'm certainly a Star Wars I wouldn't want to say purist but I, I like the trilogy yeah I like the the new three that have come out not as much as the trilogy the new three being the F Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker. Right. I haven't actually watched The Rise of Skywalker. I think there's been so much Star Wars stuff out there. Yeah. I always return to the trilogy. I'm not a great fan of The Phantom Menace and all of right. those that no. came out. However, these toys, 
reflect the original trilogy. Yeah. I've got Luke Skywalker here in the X-Wing gear. I've always liked Orange and he's yeah. in his blister pack there. He's got his X-Wing helmet on and on the side, you probably can't see it. He is the the circle with the Rebel Alliance oh, yeah. logo in there and he's got his blue lightsaber alongside him. Still unopened and on the back you've got his statistics, his status, his classification, his affiliation, his weapon, his mission. The one I am always drawn to is is the one here where he is the Jedi Knight, lightsaber oh, yeah. and removable cloak. Oh, I'm yeah, handing right. that over to, to Matt to look at. They're still in really good condition. And 1997 is the year I actually got them. Right. Oh, why? Right. Where are we now? 2020. Yeah. So 1997 to 2017 is 20 years, 23 years. Yeah. I was in Utah, Salt Lake City. Yeah. I left South Africa in 1997 to go see the world. It was yeah. post-apartheid, new president, lots of change. It was a, an exciting time in South Africa, but also a time for me to be able to step away and reflect on what had happened. Yeah. This, this tragedy of apartheid that we were more or less oblivious to growing up as white South Africans. We didn't know what the whole deal was. We knew Nelson Mandela was in prison. We didn't really understand much around it. Yeah. We were told he was a terrorist and, right. you know, you didn't see any of the news reports about all the activism against apartheid. I mean, growing up in the UK, did you hear much of I mean, that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I think I was in the same boat as you as being aware of it, but not really understanding. Okay. No, I don't think I was, you know, old enough perhaps to, to have got a proper grasp on it. Mm. So, yeah, it was something that we, we knew of. You know, we knew who Nelson Mandela was, but we didn't really understand, at my age anyway, yeah. what was happening. Well, I think that's probably okay because you're in a different country but yeah. to to be in the country at the time and and have no idea i guess that's how the the news and how the uh, government yeah, operates is it that sort of thing is perhaps suppressed a little bit exactly by the time nelson mandela became president in 1994 mm. there was so much change and i was 17 18 at the time I had to get some space. I had to yeah. go and see the world and find out what was going on around us because the, the country, South Africa, was very isolated because of apartheid. There was economic sanctions, cultural sanctions, yeah. all sorts of things. So I got a chance to, to get out, fortunately, and go explore. And my first stop was Salt Lake City because my brother was there. Right. He got a tennis scholarship to play at a, a college in... Utah called Weber State University. I, I called it a college, but that's what they call them over there, these yeah. colleges. He had met a lovely lady called Val, who is a basketball player for the... She played for Weber State right. University, and Mark, my brother, played tennis. So they, they got together. They're actually married now, got oh, two wow. lovely kids. And when I arrived, they were still living in Salt Lake City, we went to Val's mom's house to have an Easter egg hunt. This was my first Easter egg hunt 
yeah. for years. Like as a kid, we would go on Easter egg hunts and we would find Easter eggs. We got lots of these marshmallow eggs, yeah. chocolate coated, and we had to find them early because they would melt in the sun. <laughs> and Val's mom, Sue, m- the most lovely, generous woman, she all she wanted to do was treat people, spoil people. And she loved seeing people receiving gifts. And she had set up this Easter egg hunt and there were no eggs. <laughs> she hid the Star Wars toys. Wow. Because they had just come out. And she thought, well, this is amazing. Everyone's going to love it. She had heard via Mark, my brother, that I was fully into Star Wars. Yeah. I used to watch the films over and over with my dad, often yeah. fall asleep on his lap watching these Star Wars films. In fact, Return of the Jedi was the first film I saw in the cinema. Wow. Uh, 1984, I must have been about six or seven years old. So it, it, Star Wars for me was very special. Yeah. And I always felt I had Jedi powers. I always right. tested them out to see if I could move <laughs> stuff. Never, never happened. Occasionally, the wind might have blown something. Hasn't happened yet. (laughs) Thank you, Matt. Thank you. (laughs) And Sue had hidden all these Star Wars toys. So I managed, on this Easter egg hunt, she put loads out in the garden. I managed to get, there's three, how many did I say? Three, four, five? Seven. Good, seven. I found seven toys. Wow. As if this wasn't enough, she put dollar bills. Oh, all around if you didn't get a toy you might have been lucky enough to find a dollar bill she had gone to the bank and changed like 20s up for dollar bills and and spread them all over (laughs) the garden we were running around like crazy grabbing these (laughs) these gifts i was i was so happy because i knew there was this renewed interest in star wars and even though I'm not a fan of the the new digitally enhanced thing, yeah. I was still really happy that there was this new interest yeah. in Star Wars. I got a few dollar bills, I got these seven toys, and I got a massive bump on my head. Oh, no. <laughs> because I was running underneath this raised patio or decking. Uh, right. It had these poles supporting it and a few beams across. And Sue had hidden some yeah. toys under there. And I was running along and I I just got whacked in my head. It was oh. one of those moments where you get hit so hard, you can hear this ringing yeah. in your ears. It was like, Bee! Oh, and everyone was like, are you okay, Warren? Are you okay? He's like, yeah, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> I've got my Star Wars toys, I'm all right, I'm all right. <laughs> I was 20 at the time, so I could recover really quickly <laughs> yeah. from things. And I was up again. But yeah, I, I kind of... I got hit really hard and I had a, a really big lump just on my hairline and it, there was a bit of blood too but I carried on and everyone thought I was a, a bit of a doofus but it actually got even more crazy that, that period of time yeah. I was there because I was all over the place. We went in for an Easter breakfast yeah, the yeah. next day to, I don't know what this place was, I think it was attached to some basketball venue it was like a conference space but this was a family tradition of my brother's wife's family to go every easter and there's a big breakfast buffet 
Nice. And I was fresh from South Africa. Yeah. Like I was in shorts in Eastern, in Eastern, <laughs> in Salt Lake area. It's not that warm yet. Right. I was in my shorts. So I was already the odd one out. I, w- I wear shorts all the time anyway, yeah. still. Went into this breakfast place and I was watching, seeing what everyone did. And I've been to a buffet before. Yeah. You, you grab your plate yeah. and you queue up and you walk around and get what you want. I went and queued up, got what I wanted, came back to the table, and my brother looked at my plate and he's like, dude, what's that? I was like, it's French toast. He's like, no. Uh-oh. And you know, French toast, we know as it's bread soaked in beaten up egg yeah, yeah. and then fried on a yeah. pan. You can have syrup or ketchup with it or whatever. And it was actually the grease sponge for the bottom. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Crazy. The grease sponge, because when I got to the bacon, there was no bacon. There was just these bits of bread that soaked up all the fat from the bacon. Oh God. And it didn't taste good. And, <laughs> and Mark laughed at me. And then he, he showed everyone. And everyone was did, like, this dude, he's did, crazy. Did you start did you started eating it? I, I tasted it. I, thought, I, I said, do you know what? I'm going to give it a grease, try. You know? It was it was really greasy. What's that thing that we have in the UK with an English breakfast? Is it fried bread? Fried bread, yeah. How's that made? Um, I guess just oil or uh, butter in a pan, and then and then you put a slice of bread in there and fry it until it's crisp and golden on on either yeah. side. I haven't had that for I haven't had that since I was a kid, actually. It's good. Yeah, you can have that made properly without the second-hand bacon fat. I genuinely thought I was picking up a piece of French toast. <laughs> it had that yellowy kind of colour as well. And then to top it all off, I went along and got what I thought was the dessert after breakfast, yeah. fruit and, and so on. Sat down and again, my brother was like, what is that? And I was like, that's whipped cream. Oh, he says, no, that's whipped butter. Oh, God. I had piled a huge dollop of whipped butter onto my strawberries, I think it was, or melon. Oh, God. Imagine a piece of watermelon and some strawberries with a huge dollop of whipped butter. I thought it was whipped cream. Anyway, I was the, I was the joke of that, that whole event. But I still had my Star Wars toys. I had yeah. all seven and a few dollar bills in my pocket. And I was so excited about being in a new country. Yeah. That was very, very funny. And I wasn't even embarrassed at the time. Everyone just thought it was amazing. This guy, he, he doesn't know what's going on. He yeah. keeps doing these crazy <laughs> things. The other thing that these Star Wars toys did for me was they helped me get my first tattoo. Oh, wow. My very first tattoo. 1997, I went and spent three months in America. I was only allowed three months. Right went back to South Africa with my Star Wars toys. And if you look on the back here, Matt, yeah. I'm showing Matt the card. Uh, can yeah. you see there's that Rebel Alliance yeah, logo? Yeah. And at the time, it was very unusual to see that logo. And if you go back to the original trilogy, you'll see it on their helmets when they're flying in the X-Wing fighters yeah. and so on. But it, it didn't really stand out. It wasn't like a branding thing as such. So it was, at the time, it was unusual. I thought, I want that as a tattoo. Yeah. This particular one is red. It's inside a circle. 
and I, I, I can't really describe it. it. It looks like a phoenix rising from yeah, the ashes or yeah, something like yeah. that. I went to this tattoo shop in a, in a shopping center called Cresta. Cresta is in a place near Northcliffe on the outskirts of Johannesburg or part of the big Johannesburg metropolis, I suppose. Yeah. Went in. I didn't do any research. I didn't know how good these tattooists right. were. And I said, I brought the, the toy with me. And I said to the guy, can I have that? And on this toy, it's about the size of a 5P piece. Yeah, or maybe tiny, small, it's it? tiny. Yeah. What they need to do is expand it and then photocopy it and then trace it yeah. and then transfer the ink onto that area yeah. and then draw. And I thought tattooing was simply tracing, but you need a good yeah, artist yeah. to do a tattoo. I had no idea how good this guy was. I didn't even look at the portfolio. Why? <laughs> Went in. The one thing he told me, w which made sense, was if you're only getting one, get it central. And I wanted right. it on my back. And I was saying, yeah, I want it on like the left shoulder, back shoulder. And he's like, put it central yeah. on your spine, at the top of the spine, which was good advice. He did an okay job, but it could be better. Yeah. I'm surprised I got more tattoos after that. Did you go back to the same place? I never went back oh, right. to the same <laughs> place. Anyway, I went with my cousin, Jacques, to the tattoo shop and I got it done I can't remember the guy's name he did it he was really really nice very confident and he did it afterwards I went back to Jacques's house and spent some time there he's my cousin as I said and my other cousin Eugene who's my age and my auntie Jelly I love them dearly they're great fun went back to their place and I was hanging out there playing and listening to music, jamming yeah. guitar, all the stuff you do as, as cousins and friends and swimming. They had a nice swimming pool and they actually had a hot tub too, oh, nice. which was great fun. And you're not meant to swim when you've no. just had a tattoo, but I was in and out the pool. I was, and I don't think that helped right. preserve <laughs> the, the tattoo, hence how it looks. It's not terrible. It's all right. Eugene decided to make a banana bread. Yeah. And this is a family recipe that we've been making for years. Very simple, very tasty. So we, we make up this mixture for the banana bread and Eugene adds some spices to it. And these spices are cannabis ground up. Oh, right. <laughs> the reason I call it spices is because <laughs> this lovely lady called Angie worked at our house once a week. She mm. would do washing, ironing, bit of cleaning. In South Africa at the time, even if you didn't have a lot of money, yeah. you could still afford to have right. someone come in and work at your place for once a week, yeah. maybe. Lots of people had live-in people to, to work for them. It'd be full-time. We, we didn't have that. And actually, they everyone called them their maid. And I mm. feel a bit weird about saying my maid. Anyway, <laughs> Angie, she was, she was so lovely. Grew up with Angie arriving yeah. every Saturday and and working at our place. And she called them spices. So, <laughs> right. yeah, did you add some spice to that? <laughs> and we added half a cup full of spice to this banana bread. <laughs> and meantime, I was aware that I had this fresh tattoo. I needed to have my wits about me. Mm. I needed to make sure... I took the dressing off, I kind of did what the artist said, you know, you need to wash it, he, he said. Subsequently, I've never washed it the way he told me to. Right. Before I ate the banana bread, I jumped in the shower, 
and had a wash and I looked down and all this colour was coming off like in the shower on the floor and I was like oh no and because it was on my back I kept trying to look and I was like so hung up about this tattoo and worried about it but then the banana bread was ready I could smell it <laughs> yeah. it was beautiful we had a slice while it was warm put some butter on it nice had a slice each and they were like Oh, so nice. Let's have some more. Nothing's happening. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's happening. Have yeah. Some more. yeah. Then the second slice certainly did the trick. Right. And it sent me to a place I've never been before. Wow. <laughs> I saw a staircase with rose petals on and was going higher and higher. And there was a bed at the top and I was trying to get up the staircase to get to the bed. Yeah. And I couldn't quite make it. And every step I took, I was kind of stumbling two steps back. Eventually, I got up to it. Yeah. And at that point, Eugene and Jilly managed to get me to lie down. And I fell asleep. Or actually, before I fell asleep, I phoned my dad because my parents were aware I was there. But I had yeah. to say, I'm staying the night. Right. And I phoned my dad and I had to talk very quickly. I said, Dad, I'm at Eugene's house. I'm okay. I'll see you tomorrow okay bye and I put the phone down yeah. and then all this this kind of when I saw the stairs happened got into bed and I was lying in bed and it felt like I was in a bed that was extremely high almost yeah. like it was on top of that staircase oh, this was my Rebel Alliance logo tattoo that was the time and I had my toy next to me while I was recovering in the bed yeah. and in the morning I woke up and the toy was there and my t-shirt was stuck to the tattoo oh, God. and I had to kind of peel it off and I was like oh this is ruined and your first tattoo you, just, you don't know how it's meant to be yeah. I went back into the shop before I went home so on my way home pulled up at Cresta the shopping centre went in said look man can, can you clean this and they didn't say oh it looks bad or anything yeah. but I think it, it had already been spoiled oh, turns out this tattoo artist did the tattoos for Oscar Pistorius. Really? Do you remember Oscar yeah, Pistorius? Yeah. He's the Paralympian. The Blade Runner. The Blade Runner. Yeah. He's in prison somewhere now right. for murder. murder. Yeah. The reason I know is I watched a documentary. I was in England by this time, and I was watching with Joe, and the journalist who was doing the interviewing and questioning people along the journey I suppose of Oscar Pistorius yeah. went into that tattoo shop in Cresta and spoke to that artist <laughs> who did Oscar Pistorius's tattoos I think by the time he did Oscar's tattoos yeah. he was a bit better yeah, a bit it. more practice like, <laughs> Joe that's the guy he's done my tattoo he's the one isn't that amazing how one thing can yeah. link to another <laughs> and that's all through my Rebel Alliance tattoo, isn't that funny? Have you got any tattoos? Now? I haven't. No, I could never. I could never commit to anything. Um, to you know, I, I I knew that you know as soon as I got it, I'd be like, oh no, what have I done? So although <laughs> although I'm I'm open to the idea of uh, of getting one, yeah, I'd never really sort of settled on anything that I would uh, that I would really want. I think it would be too much like a midlife crisis now if I got to get my first, <laughs> to get my first tattoo. I think you could pull it off. Well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> the other story is 
that I don't have any other stories about those figures. How bizarre is that? Mm. I'm looking at my mind map that I yeah. drew with all my, my stories, and I think I've covered yeah. all of those. Anyway, these toys are now beautifully housed in my cabinet yeah. over there, and every time I look at them, all these memories come flooding those, back, yeah. and I've enjoyed being able to say all those things it's kind of like what you said when yeah. you've brought in what you were telling me about well, dungeons and dragons the fact that you never have a chance to talk yeah. about it and it was the same with comics i think the first the first podcast that i did with you talking about comics it um it was a, quite an unusual experience to be able to to sort of just go off talking about something that was really important to me that other people have not necessarily had that much interest in so it was it was a, a very new experience to be able to talk about something like that for you know to to get it all out. Mm. So yeah, I I definitely feel that appreciation for um for for sharing something like that. And it's really lovely to be able to revisit yeah. those memories and find out what those things mean to you. Yeah, it's, you don't often, you don't always get a chance to you know things like that sort of you know special. You know, special memories or objects from your past there's not always they don't often come up in just day-to-day -day conversation so no they don't the ones i've got here i've got luke skywalker x-wing pilot i've got luke skywalker in dagobah fatigue oh yeah his sleeveless t-shirt that's yeah. the one they're a bit muscly this series they, yeah, they're they quite are, aren't stacked. They? yeah the dagobah one hasn't got Yoda in his little pack. Right. However, You've got I found Yoda to complement nice. him. It's interesting that I got out of those seven, four of them are Luke's. No, three are Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Then I've I've got Luke Skywalker Jedi Knight with a lightsaber and removable cloak, and I've got Obi Wan oh, Kenobi. Nice. And Darth Vader, of course, with lightsaber and removable cape. We had um, we had a, a Star Wars themed night um, at the Star once years ago when when Hannah and I ran ran the Star. We decided to put on a theme night where we all dressed up as characters and we advertised it and we got uh. all the staff to dress up as well. And we got one guy, one person came in dressed up and he came in dressed up as as Luke Skywalker and he didn't he didn't have to buy a single drink all night. We just gave him free drinks all night. Did he make use of those free drinks? Did yeah, he, he did, yeah. He, he, he gave us um, a, a lightsaber display out the front <laughs> towards the end of the night, which was really good. We made cocktails. Uh, Star Wars themed cocktails. The only one I can remember is Qui Gon Gin, which was I don't even know what was in it. Just some kind of gin-based cocktail. We made a um, we made a Death Star piñata, which the guy who dressed as Luke Skywalker got to smack with um, a wooden pole that we'd painted red to look like a lightsaber. Well, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Qui Gon Gin. I think that's a name of one of the characters. In the it's Liam, Neeson. it's Liam Neeson's character. No, wait, no, it's is it? Yeah, I think it's Liam Neeson's character. So yeah, Qui Gon Jinn, oh, salacious rum. I can't remember the rest of them. And we put a lot of effort into what was essentially just a party for us. I suppose that might have been in the days before social media, where mm. you could have hooked up huge yeah. amounts through Twitter and Instagram and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we. Um, we hand drew flyers, 
got them printed at um, like a local printers, and we just took them round to we took them round to the comic shop. I went down to the comic shop on St Clements and left a stack there. And oh, I can't remember where else we would. I don't think I don't think Video Syncratic was there at that time. No, it wouldn't have been there. But it's we, on yeah, Carly Road. We, yeah. So, but we just you know probably took some to the game shop. Uh, but yeah, it was a good. It was a, a good fun evening. Uh, even though only one person turned up for it. Who did you dress up? I dressed up as um, uh, as Obi Wan Kenobi. So I put a load of talcum powder in my beard and yeah. my hair to make it go grey. And uh, we made some robes for ourselves out of, out of bits of old uh, fabric. Oh God, I can't remember. Someone, <laughs> someone got a, a bear suit. Um, like a furry bear suit and made uh, a Chewbacca I think you call it a bandolier or something that ammunition belt he wears Um, Han dressed as a sand person yes and she made an incredible mask out of scraps of leather from from a shop in town but yeah that was really that was really good if I can find the photos from that night I'll um I'll I'll send them on to you. I'd like to see it. I asked you what you dressed up as, and this is where I get like paranoid because did you tell me what you got dressed up as? And then I I asked you. I'm trying to develop my listening skills, and I I thought, should I ask? Should I? Have you said it already? I'm going to move on to the history of the Star Wars action figures. Before I do so, I need a... We brain, we brain. It sounds like fireworks going on. It does, yeah. I think it was thunder Explosions. That, I wonder how loud that zip sounds when you open it up. It's like when you go camping and you can hear the tents. Oh, there's nothing louder than a tent zip at six o'clock in the morning. And it's always me getting out the tent at six to go for a wee. I'm like, oh. And you can hear a zipping tent from miles away, can't you? Carrying through the clear morning air. A clear, dew-covered morning. Is that would that be right? Yeah. It's always a bit chilly when yeah. you wake up. The yeah, tents are wet. Yeah. <laughs> the history of Star Wars action figures. I've cut this down massively because it can go into a lot of mm. detail. I found the best source is actually the Toys That Made Us on Netflix. Okay. There's an episode on Star Wars right. toys. I watched it yesterday, in fact, while I was cycling on my bike here in the shed. I put it up on the computer screen and I I watched it. It's really interesting. It's fun. And you get to see lots of those toys and learn about some of the most rare ones. The rarest one is now worth about $20,000 for one figure. Wow. Is that, that would be the original run, would it? That, that would be. And that's the Boba Fett figure with the... It's got a missile on its back that oh, yeah. actually shoots, it deploys. Oh, cool. That wasn't even released because of safety fears. Oh, cool. I think another toy company had produced something with a similar rocket launching feature yeah. and 
I think it, it hurt someone. I don't know if it went into someone's eye or they swallowed it. The Kenner toy company produced a line of Star Wars action figures based on characters in the original Star Wars movie trilogy. Original, I say, and always the best. Yeah. <laughs> Over 100 unique action figures were produced and sold from 1978 to 1985, during which time more than 300 million Star Wars action figures were sold. They reckon that the the sale of action figures made more money than the films itself, or double right. the amount. Was it Steven Spielberg kept the rights to the merchandise or something like that? I think. Mm, there was, was it George Lucas? George Lucas. There's, a f there's in information here that's coming up about how he held back the... He didn't want the toys made straight away because he's worried right. people would steal the ideas and make copies. And okay. There was lots of toing and froing between toy companies when they were mm -hmm. first made. It was huge business. The license for Star Wars action figures was offered in 1976 to the Mego Corporation, which was the leading company in action figures in the 70s. Mego refused the offer and the license was subsequently picked up by Kenner. Can you imagine what yeah, Mego Corporation yeah. was <laughs> thinking? The one that got away. Mm. I was thinking the same thing. There was, there was one thing that got away and that was that whole love film concept, which was oh, yeah. in the UK. I don't know about the rest of the world, but it was mail order DVDs. Right. I was in South Park with my friend Greg prior to Love Film doing mail-order DVDs. And it was mainly Greg's idea. We, we, we both came up with it, but I'd hand most of it over to him. I would have been his partner, definitely. Right. And he was saying, you know, it would be a great idea to, instead of going to a video shop to get your DVDs, by yeah. this point VHS had died a death and it was DVDs, right. wouldn't it be cool if you could order by mail? and they post it to you and you yeah. pop it back in the post and get another one like that's amazing about two years after that conversation Love Film started doing that then Love Film got so big and so successful that Amazon bought them out oh, right. uh, Amazon owns the world pretty much yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure if I would have been happy being in that position to have invented Love Film and then selling it to Amazon yeah. and being like some kind of billionaire. I know it sounds ridiculous. Everyone probably is like, whoa, I'd love to do that. Anyway, I'm, I'm very happy where I am right now. It is the one that got away, but I don't care. Star Wars A New Hope was the first film to successfully market toys based on the movie. In fact, they were so successful that George Lucas independently used the funds to finance the next two movie chapters, wow. The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Although the original Star Wars film had been released in May 1997, I was born in April 1997. Wait, 1997? Oh, 1977. There's my maths again. <laughs> so that, born that, nice, you've aged terribly, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's years of abuse. That episode I did with Simon about the skateboards, we were both saying how bad our maths was. Right. The numbers just boggle my brain. They enter and they fly around and do all sorts of things and come out. I didn't know what seven eights were. What, what is seven eights? Oh, God. Um, 56? 
I think you're right. And I said the wrong answer, 48 or something ridiculous. So it is May 1977. I was born in April 1977. Kenner was unprepared for the unprecedented response to the film and the high demand for toys. Mainly due to George Lucas's unwilling to provide character or vehicle information before because he was worried that people would nick the ideas. They were unable to build sufficient stock in time for the lucrative Christmas market. They instead sold an early bird certificate package, which included a certificate which could be mailed to Kenner and redeemed for four Star Wars action figures. How lovely is that? Yeah, yeah. At least you know you're going to get them, even if you haven't got them yet. And the trust people had, because they hadn't seen them yet, I'm going to get these and I'll mail in and, and wait for them. But it's almost like good things come to those who wait. Yeah. That bit of work on your part, you've, you've filled out that form, you've written the check and you've put it in the envelope and, and you're done. The first four figures to be distributed were Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Chewbacca and R2-D2. The box also contains a diorama display stand. So what? there was no Han Solo? No. Isn't that strange? They yeah. chose Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Chewbacca and R2-D2. I wonder why. Well, I guess maybe they didn't appreciate... Perhaps they couldn't tell sort of how people would respond to the characters and who would be considered most important. Yeah, and Luke Skywalker is one of the, m- the most popular mm. characters now. And Boba Fett also. Mm, yeah. Because he had that great look, that great helmet, nice colours. I said the box contains a diorama display stand. I don't know what diorama means. Uh, I think it's oh god. <laughs> uh, it w- yeah, it would just be it would just be perhaps something that unfolded so that you could you know a, a little piece of scenery that mm. you could stand the the figures in front of. That's it. I think that sounds right. It came with some stickers as well, and a Star Wars fan club membership card. Good deal. Imagine you still had your your fan club membership card. Yeah. That would be cool. <laughs> We could make our own. By the time the action figures were offered for direct sale in shops, a further eight figures had been added to the range. C-3PO, Darth Vader, Stormtrooper, Ben, Kenobi, Obi-Wan, Han Solo, Jawa, Sand People, which was Hannah Mm -hmm. when she dressed up, and Death Squad Commander. I don't know who the Death Squad Commander is. I think he's on the the Death Star, I suppose. Yeah, probably. With the black uniform. Yeah, and the military cap. That's it. Bringing the total number of figures in the initial release to 12. In in the anticipation of the release of the sequel movie, The Empire Strikes Back, Kenner offered its first mail-in promotion, in which four proof-of-purchases could be redeemed for a new action figure, Boba Fett. Again, it's it, it's a bit of a task for the person doing a bit fun. You collect your yeah. proofs of purchase and you get Boba Fett. This figure was originally intended to feature a backpack with a firing missile, but this was abandoned due to safety concerns. That's the one, if yeah. you can get hold of it, that's worth $20,000. Right. Similar mail-in promotions were periodically offered through to 1984. Sales in 1979 again topped $100 million. 
Keller continued to introduce waves of action figures from the sequels and in 1984, the year following the release of the movie Return of the Jedi, the range totaled 79 unique character designs. Now they do characters for each and every part in the mm. films. I have a friend, Simon, his wife was on one of the Star Wars films, one of the... Uh, yeah. Not the main three trilogy, the ones in between. There's oh, one called Rogue. Solo, Rogue, Rogue One. I don't know which one she's in. And she was a a walk-on part or okay. part where there's a crowd of people. Yeah. And her character was made into a toy. Oh, yeah. And what she told me what they do was they take... They, they have the, the toy people and they take a picture, photo of every single person who's on set wow. and they get all the shapes of their face and all the graphic details and they That's go and make amazing. a toy. So now they make toys for, for all of it. By mid-1985, the demand for Star Wars merchandise had slowed and Kenner discontinued production of his action figures. However... Kenner would produce the new line of Star Wars toys which began in 1995 hence <laughs> these beauties right here which are still in such great condition I don't think I could ever bring myself to sell them I'll definitely give them away at some point yeah. because I can't take these things to my grave can I <laughs> well technically you could <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're like an Egyptian and you <laughs> yeah. think you're going to use them in your afterlife yeah. I don't even play with them now so <laughs> I don't think I'll open them in, my, in the afterlife <laughs> the news to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Star Wars the Empire Strikes Back this year, 40 years since The Empire Strikes Back, you'll be able to pick up everything from vintage-inspired Hasbro action figures. Hasbro do them now. Mm -hmm. You'll get the vintage-inspired Hasbro action figures and you'll get specially carded Black Series figures and so much more. The Black Series figures, I've got a few. I've got a... This is a Black Series oh, figure yeah. here. It's a land speeder. I'm yeah, showing that. Yeah, it's a nice box. And they're going to have them all. And I've looked at their... They actually call them Retro Collection, not you know, right. Hasbro Star Wars Retro Collection. And I'm showing Matt a picture of Boba Fett. Oh, wow. <laughs> and looking at him, I've got a Boba Fett in my cabinet over there. I should have grabbed it for you to look at. Actually, it is... The same. I can see him. Is he back there? Yeah, I can see him. Let, let me grab it. Is that will that will help? Ah, oh, there he is. And you can compare. This, the one I'm getting out here is the original '80s kind of version, oh. and the retro collection. Oh. We're comparing the two. Can you oh, see yeah, that? They they're have, very similar, they are, aren't they? Has this one got that rocket in the back of his? What? Yes. There's a yes. rocket. Oh my god. Oh no. It doesn't launch. Are you sure? Yeah. No. There's a bit of a gap around it. Because it would have a little leave yeah, on the back. It would, wouldn't it? Imagine that. Was that was exciting, wasn't it? <laughs> find another lottery to, ticket. What a way to find it. <laughs> the retro collection, I may be tempted by looking at this Boba Fett character and how it's made. I think it looks really lovely. The colours yeah. are nice. They're not. The 1996. 
ones I've got here, they've made them kind of bulky and yeah. a bit muscular, and the retro ones go back to what they yeah. were like. The recommendation is <laughs> to make a banana bread. Ah. And guess what, Matt? Full of spices. You're in. <laughs> no spices today. You're in for a treat. I'm going to make a banana bread right here in the shed. I'll see how quickly I can do it. I'm sure I can. I can have it done and dusted in ten minutes, I'm ready joking. to go in the oven. Wow. I'm going to pause. Yeah. <laughs> so I can get everything onto the table. So we'll do a, a wee break or, or whatever it is, and I will get everything laid out on the table. Actually, before I do that, I would talk quickly about the recommendation from last episode. And I said ah. to make a banjo guitar nice. using a jar lid and some elastic bands and a popsicle stick or lollipop <laughs> stick. This one I've called my Beatles banjo because I've got a picture of the, the Beatles. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had it on the back, and I realized I should have had it on the front facing no. where the strings were, but I put another picture in the middle there of a, a drive-in theater sign. But listen to this. I'm quite surprised. It works. <laughs> I'm quite pleased with that. On the top is a little tortoise because... <laughs> I was looking for the the popsicle or lolly stick. Yeah. And the only one I had was one that Anya had already made something with and she stuck a little tortoise on the top. She came looking for me in the garden this evening and she said, Daddy, you used my lollipop oh, no. stick. She saw this on the side and she I'm handing yes. it over to Matt there. <laughs> She was very disappointed, and I said, "Don't worry, I'll 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 take it off there and I'll give it back to you." But I've kind of stuck it quite fast <laughs> oh. on there. She can have the banjo. Yeah, yeah have it, have a go. Oh, thank can you. you. Can oh, you yeah, play sorry. it? Yeah. Oh, that sounds very nice, man. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> That's the recommendation from last week. I made it, and it works. I would still recommend it. It's quite fun. Maybe if you've got kids or even, you don't even have to have kids. You can enjoy doing it on your own. I'm going to set up everything for the banana bread and wait. let's do this. It's like a cookery show. <laughs> a lovely, lovely lady called Amit, who I think she listened to these. She, she certainly listened right in the beginning and yeah. she was one of the big reasons why I decided to do this podcast she would listen to Cinema Under the Stairs podcasts oh, yeah. where I had a part, one of five people that would sit in the shed and yeah. chat about films that we showed on the cinema. And Amit, whenever I saw her at a Cinema Under the Stairs night where we would be showing the film, Amit and her friend Kiara and their friend Ben would always say to me, they called me Waza and they would say, Waza you really need to do your own podcast. We want to hear more of you. We hear you in the Cinema yeah. of the Stairs one. We want to hear more of you. I said, Amit, what am I going to talk about? She said, you could just talk about a banana bread recipe. We'll run through <laughs> the recipe. So here you are, Amit. This one's for you. Let me get it all ready. <laughs> 
another part of the recommendation before I share this family recipe of banana yeah. bread without spice right. is last episode when not the last one with Georgia but the one before that the season three opener mm -hmm. with Hannah oh, we spoke yeah. about Dawn of the Dead and all the paraphernalia around yeah. that, that that Hannah has in the recommendation I said that Hannah had written a book called Evil Knits and it's 20 projects that go bump in the night published by Bloomsbury written by Hannah Simpson and I said to Hannah do you have to know how to knit yeah. to do this and she said yeah you, you'd need to know what you're doing with knitting and you'd probably be able to do the tentacle Matt brought this book in for me tonight to look at before I make a decision whether I'm going to buy it or not. <laughs> and from the moment Matt handed it to me and I opened it up, I thought, I'm going to get myself a copy. You should. It is beautifully illustrated, such great photographs yeah. of all the objects that have been made. There is a creepy cl clown cushion cover. There is a lion-faced boy's body. The, yeah, uh, yeah, circus, circus, um, circus acts. That one was a lion-faced boy and the bearded woman. Oh, that makes sense. And the one that I looked at, thought was great, was the zombie egg cozy, <laughs> where there's a gap at the top. It, it keeps the egg warm, but there's a gap at the top where the you s can spoon out the yolk. So you can smash its brains in, yeah, with a spoon. That's it, and a, a really lovely photograph of that egg cozy in here it's full of beautiful photos and drawings and also lovely writing there's a shrunken head in a jar and there's some writing that that Hannah has done about the shrunken head I haven't read the blurbs yet but I'm sure they're going to be amazing I've I know Hannah and she's a she's a great artist and really committed to yeah. what she does and it's a beautiful book and actually even if you don't know how to knit it would yeah. be such a nice book to have on your coffee table or in your bookcase and just to read through the things and if you're yeah. lucky enough someone who knows how to knit who visits you will say hang on I can do that yeah. or you may want to learn how to knit to be able to make these amazing little figures there's the the monkey with symbols on the cover yeah there's a vampire it's so so good I love this book and Matt thanks for bringing it in because no I will I'm, I definitely think it's a great one to have on your coffee table it's so interesting and yeah. to see the the diagrams of how you make them and the stitches you need it's it's a beautiful book well done Hannah that's amazing <laughs> thank you right the banana bread you need two eggs that's okay. where you start I'm going to crack the two eggs in the bowl whoops there you go <laughs> one and I've got a bin here luckily I, I, I will put it in food waste if you have any questions along the way please okay. let me know I forgot to bring a fork into the shed but I'd usually beat this okay. with a fork and I also need a wooden spoon mm. I'm gonna dash off okay. and get those because that's gonna be a pain otherwise Give me a sec, I'll be back.
got it. <laughs> I went inside and Joe was watching a program about a guy motorcycling through South Africa. Oh yeah. And she started to tell me about <laughs> it. Like, Not now. Oh, <laughs> making banana bread. <laughs> Sounds good. He, she said he keeps breaking down though. No, no. Oh dear. Hey, beat the eggs. Matt, do you mind beating the eggs for me? Is that okay? I'd be, I'd be delighted, yeah. There you go. Okay. So go. beat those eggs. Then you need 113 grams of butter. I've got a fresh... Yeah, isn't that a weird number? Yeah. I've got a fresh block of butter. Lucky they've got the numbers down the side. They've split into 50 gram sections. Okay. What I normally do is this whole block is 250. Half of that is 125. Mm -hmm. So I have to put the knife in the middle and then just bring Ooh, it back slightly. A little bit, yeah. Oh, I'll do that while you beat those eggs. And pull. There you go. I think that's maybe the right yeah, amount. I drop that into a big mixing bowl. And you need a cup of sugar. Okay. My cup has already got water in for something later in the recipe, so I'm going to have. I'm going to drink it. <laughs> just I won't put my lips on the edge. <laughs> I'm just curious about how you're going to get that water back. <laughs> oh, I've got a bottle of oh, water okay, here. That's a very good question. I've got some kitchen oil. I'm going to dry it because I put, I've got to put sugar in that oh, bowl. Yeah. And I don't want the sugar to stick. No. And also flour later. It requires one cup of sugar, which isn't that much. I mean, cakes are sweet. Yeah. One cup of white granulated sugar. <clears throat> there you go. And I'll pop that into the bowl. I've got a wooden spoon. And I'm going to... How are those eggs doing there, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Good? Yeah, pretty well mixed. Do you, do you need them aerated or uh, just... Do you want, I think you've, you've done them perfectly <laughs> there. <laughs> It's really good. Okay, I'm trying to blend this butter and sugar. It takes a bit of elbow grease. Some You might want to leave your butter out so it can become a little bit softer. I did, For some weird reason, I left it outside of the shed because I thought it needed to stay cool or something. I don't know. So it, it's not that hard, but I'm not, I'm not going to complain. I'll yeah. get through it. I'll get through it. At least it hasn't been in the fridge. Yeah. That's better, because it's not quite those cold temperatures yet. It's August now, although it's mm. getting a bit chilly at night. It's still not that bad, is it? Mm. I say bad. Cold isn't bad. You, you've got to wear the right clothes, and then you yeah. feel okay. I've got to put, blend that in there. Can you hear that sugar? Yeah. Uh, it's getting there. Getting there. This is the job that, once you're beyond this... It's so easy after right, that's that. that's all the work done, is so it? So easy. I'm trying to think what else I need to do. Matt, would you well, be yeah. able to chill? Should I take over the sugar? Or? Oh, this is a fun part. Yeah. You can do that. Okay. I've got five ripe bananas. Mm -hmm. They should be overripe. These okay. ones are almost turning. They've got a few brown spots on them. The older, the better. Obviously, you can't have them when they're going completely blackened. Those will do just nicely. So Matt's peeling those bananas and he's going to put them in the bowl right. and then he's going to mash them up with a, a masher that you use to mash potatoes I suppose. And again those 
Banana peels are going into the waste bin and I'll put them in the food waste when the night is done. Should we listen to some music or do you think that would be a distraction? Um, well, you, can you uh, can you have music on your podcast? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least we've got someone who's thinking. <laughs> I sneak in... Like very yeah, short clips. Snippets, yeah. Well, I tell you what. We, I mean, if you put something on and we reviewed it, then we might might be able to get away yeah. with it. Imagine I put it on and then I <laughs> had, had to, to get rid of all of to them. Cut it all because you played our whole album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm actually listening to the National, which I've grown quite fond of. I found them on a station called KEXP. You can find them on YouTube type in KEXP and there's loads of great bands. The Holy is another one and you can also find well-known bands like the Pixies. I've seen some good Dinosaur Junior stuff on there where Henry Rollins interviews Dinosaur Junior and they do a great set. And The National was one of those bands on there that just caught my attention. So I got the record today, it arrived today. It's called um, I'm not easy to find. What is it over there? I'm, I'm going to have a look. I was going to pop that on. It's called The National Trouble Will Find Me. I think I'm not easy to find or something is one of the, the most recent releases. Okay, so the butter and the sugar are well blended. They almost... I was supposed to mash these up, wasn't I? Oh, uh, you've done a good job <laughs> there. This is great because it saves time yeah, and I've work. got two of us doing this. It's really tempting to lick the wooden spoon because it's got the sugar and the butter. What do you want? Sugar it's and fat. Yes. <laughs> I'll just place that spoon there. Yeah, I was going to say, I went through a habit of listening to a lot of American um, rock stations on, a, on an app I had, I think, on, um, on an old phone. And it's really interesting listening to, um, listening to all the adverts that come up. For you know, for local car dealerships and uh, and you know, mattress showrooms and that sort of thing, that aren't quite you know what we're used to on our radio stations. And would they be car de- dealerships in the United yeah, States? So so they were, so, yeah, so so it was just you know, I, I think I was listening to Rock One Hundred One out of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Oh no! And, uh, and yeah, so you get to hear all the you know all their traffic updates. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Do they selling Chevys? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Matt, could okay. you please tip that mixture into okay. the bowl of butter and sugar mixture? You've yeah, re- you've mashed those really nicely. Very much. That's all right. Thank you. <laughs> oh, there we go. That looks nice great. Job. Now I will get a whisk and whisk the mashed bananas, the butter, and the sugar together, right. and I'll whisk those together. My mum always used an electric whisk, which is which is nice, but a, a hand one does the job. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it, not too difficult to mix up, is it? No, no. It seems it seems right. It's mixed really nicely. You'll see it looks a bit lumpy, almost a bit curdled, but that's yeah. fine. That's how it should look. It's just the bananas, isn't it? What you do next is you take the beaten eggs, okay, and tip those into the bowl with the banana, sugar and butter. 
and then you get two cups of plain white flour. Matt's taking a few <laughs> photos here, yeah, which is, I think is good just to prove that I was it's really, really doing this. <laughs> this is bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> so like one of those radio plays where you're just clanging spoons against bowls. <laughs> this is the real deal. Okay, one cup in. Two cups, second cup of flour, that is, is going to go in now. So I've got two cups of flour. What I need to do next is get 70 mils of water, pour it into my cup. I don't even know how 70 mil. I'm kind of guessing. You get bicarbonate of soda. I will a teaspoon of bicarbonate of soda. What is bicarbonate of soda for? Um, I think it, it, it reacts with the water and uh, makes bubbles, I think. Yeah. So it aerates it. You can get toothpaste with bicarbonate yeah, of soda. Yeah. I think it's uh, abrasive in, in toothpaste. You can use it to clean things. Yeah. You could use it to clean lime scale of shower doors and things. Right. Which would save you a bit of money and it wouldn't get up your nose and make you <laughs> like wheeze when you're cleaning. Okay, I'm mixing it with the back of that teaspoon. I always find that works quite well. Mixing it up. And while the water's still spinning, I tip it in on top of the flour like that. So that's in there. Almost there, a pinch of salt. I've got some sea salt crystals, mm, but I've stuff. heard it is good, but I've heard that it makes no difference if you've got that very fine, cheaper salt right. and sea salt, it's no different. I suppose it, being mixed into something that's being cooked, you probably lose the that texture you get from the from the sea salt. So you would probably put that on stuff that's already cooked or something. Sea salt would be nice to flake onto, yeah. like if you've got a hard boiled egg, you cut it in half, flake some on top. It, it looks nicer yeah. than the flakes and you could have it on an avocado for mm. example or a piece of toast with mashed yeah. up avocado just flaked sea salt on top it does the job that's all in there I'm gonna give that a good mix with the whisk there you go isn't that good <laughs> isn't that lovely and just get the bits of flour off off the edge of that. Give it a good mix. I'm trying to see if I can smell anything. The room smells so much <laughs> like Palo Santos, that wood that we've been burning. <laughs> it's a lovely fragrance. Oh yes, I can smell that. The final thing you do is add baking powder. Okay. And I suppose the baking powder is that agent that makes it bake, <laughs> rise or something like yeah, that. I think so. But you can see this is a really lovely recipe. There's no chemicals or mm. preservatives. I don't think baking powder is a preservative, although it is a chemical. Oh, it's mm. a raising agent. Disodium, diphosphate. So, oh dear, <laughs> you've got to have it, but yeah, it's less yeah. than if you were to buy a, yeah, a cake. Yeah. I'll mix that in. And there you have it. Look at that batter there, Matt. That's looking really good, wow. Isn't that lovely yeah. and smooth? What I'll do now is I'll grease the baking tin, get a piece of kitchen roll, 
and I've got the butter out I'll just wipe the kitchen roll on top of the butter to so get a nice layer there I'm sure everyone knows how to grease a pan if you don't it, it will struggle to come out right. you may have a non-stick pan one of those silicon ones and then it'll just mm -hmm. pop out nicely I always put a, a, a nice layer of butter and I know you're going to hang around after this yeah <laughs> I'll pour the the mixture into this loaf tin yeah and I'll pop it in the oven awesome. then at some point in the evening <laughs> we will be hungry for <laughs> yeah. a dessert type thing it only takes 55 minutes on 180 degrees yeah. in a fan assisted right. oven make sure you get the oven to temperature I never really know the exact time it's around 50 55 minutes mm. I'll pop in and check after 50 minutes I can see that it's a, a nice yeah. brownish tinge yeah and it's risen nicely so you know by looking at it I'll know it's ready I'll pour that in in a second that's the family banana bread recipe can't wait to try it me neither I'll take <laughs> a photo of that and pop it up on Instagram I cringe when I say that but I think it's useful for people it, yeah, to see the, the objects yeah, yeah. I'll put that up there that is all I have to say about that I enjoyed that how long did that take not I long at all no, no was, I think 10 minutes was pretty accurate it was fairly yeah. quick okay so we are at the end of this episode I always feel I've forgotten something well, I've got one thing if you don't mind. Oh, I yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Present, actually. Oh, Matt. <laughs> um, oh, I love so, presents. <laughs> so it's not related to this evening, uh, but it's, it's related to my last visit. Mm. Uh, so last time I came, we talked about Dungeons and Dragons, and I made you a character <gasps> sheet for, for Boran the Barbarian. Yeah. And because you you like the um, the miniature figures I made yeah. for those games, I made one for you. <gasps> no way! So I've got it in a little. It's one of the kids' little snack pots to keep it safe. Oh. But I've made a little war around the <gasps> barbarian miniature. Oh for you. It's Mounted on a two pence piece. He's um, he's based off um, oops, off uh, a Conan the Barbarian sketch by an artist that I really like called called Frank Frazetta who used to paint the covers for the old pulp novels of Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so he's kind of uh, inspired by that. Um, so uh, should you get a game of Dungeons & Dragons oh. going, you'll have a little Boran the Barbarian miniature. And <laughs> did you, well. you drew that? I drew, yes. Wow, I drew Matt. That. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. And the two PPs. Yes. Yeah. Glued onto a two pence piece, perfect uh, size for for a one inch square board. And did you choose to have the tails part showing? I yes, yeah, so I, <laughs> I I couldn't decide whether to have it heads up or heads down to begin with. But I thought you know coins normally sit face up, so the the, the face is upwards and the <laughs> the tail is at the bottom. Yeah. That's the only. I like it because you can see there's a lion on that two yeah. two pence coin. Um, this is so good. Thank you, Matt. Oh, wow. And that's your drawing. Yeah. Can you hear that thunder? Is that thunder? It must be. I can't believe fireworks would be that loud. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it kind of spreads across the sky. <laughs> oh, Matt, I, I'm I'm so chuffed with uh, this. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, so yeah, I, you know, I drew it on the computer again and shrunk it down and I've laminated it with a bit of sellotape. Oh. 
and stuck it onto a two pence piece. As a it's bringing a tear to my <laughs> eye again. Because when I looked at these, the first time it brought tears yeah. to my eyes. <laughs> oh man, that's so great. Thank you, Matt. That's no, my pleasure. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm so chuffed with that. Oh, that's beautiful. I'll repay you with lots of fun nights yeah, and banana, banana bread, bread. <laughs> and when the right gift comes along you will receive that oh well, thank you well, i've got those i've got those barn stars up in uh, in the living room at the moment so oh good so. and i didn't say that the barn star has a beaver town brewery one of yes, the cans yeah the artist who designed those cans saw the picture on Instagram. Really? And he, he liked that picture. Oh, wow. <laughs> I started following him, and it turns out he loves skulls. Oh, right. Because <laughs> yeah. that's full yeah, of skulls. Yeah, it is, yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot of, his, uh, a lot of his, uh, his artwork is, I think, from the, from the cans that I've yeah. seen anyway. I was so chuffed when he noticed that That's picture. amazing. I was like, wow, that's so cool. I forgot to tell you that, I know. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed joining us to unlock the stories behind the objects we treasure. I'd love to hear from you, so please send me your questions and comments to shedchat at gmail.com for discussion in the next episode of What's in Your Shed. And as always, thank you for listening. Matt, thank you for, for being here with me. Thank it's you. Been, it's been such a support. It's been <laughs> so much fun, and I love sharing this with someone here in the shed. The first nine episodes or so I was happy doing on my yeah. own I was kind of forced to because yeah. of lockdown I couldn't have anyone here and it's it's so lovely being with people and having someone listen and showing enthusiasm and being patient and kind and all of that and you've done that so thank you <laughs> good night good night Open up the strong box what's in your shit what's in your shit and treasures and the books that we read What's in your shed? What's in your shed?